Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It's all over. We are a vassal state. We can't accept the deal. Only losers would accept such a surrender. The screeching is reaching fever pitch in Westminster today after Prime Minister Theresa May wrong-footed everyone last night by announcing a deal for Brexit has indeed been struck. After months of negotiations and dire predictions that no deal was where we were headed, there is, in fact, a deal. And, of course, no one likes it. The funniest thing about all of it is watching the likes of Boris Johnson and Jacob Rees-Mogg throwing their toys out of the pram and attempting to force Theresa May out of Downing Street. They might well be successful. We'll bring you every twist and turn of the process leading up to today's cabinet meeting at two o'clock and, of course, Prime Minister's questions at midday. 0344 499 Ross Campbell, uh, Talk Radio's political editor, will be all over it. Uh, he'll be feeding us all the information that you will ever need to know. Because what's interesting to me is that despite everyone being an expert on this uh, Brexit business, not one of them told us that this was likely to happen. Dawn Neeson is back. We'll be finding out what she makes of the I'm a celeb lineup. Plus, why is it that we forget names when we can remember faces? And I'll be asking just what are all our local councils doing with the 41 million quid they're collecting in bus lane fines. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Don Neeson on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, Dawn, how nice to see you. Very nice to have you back from holidays. It's you've... marvellous to be back. And you've been in Europe, of course, haven't you? I have been in Europe. How was Europe? Uh, so it was marvellous. Was it still it was, there? It was still there. Yeah. Uh, no one stockpiling anything. Right. I didn't need visas right. and I wasn't shot at the border. Good. It doesn't so, look any different, no, though. My visa remains the same. It does, but I, I want words with you, Graham, because Why? I get back in here. Yeah. Post-holiday, yeah. not in a good mood. Okay, it's and not my want, fault you're not in a good mood. You want me to talk about the B word. Yeah, I don't normally like you to talk about the, the B, B word because I know it bores you senseless. We've had two, it bores everyone senseless. Uh, yeah, We've well, this two, is why I'm so excited. Two years to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, but this is why. Out, but isn't it great, though? Which is one of the, I have several reasons to be happy this morning, right? You did Shad look a bit and, happy. Freude is what I like because right. I like the fact that we've got hundreds of journalists, you know, thousands of political pundits, yep. millions of people from Brussels to Dover telling us all about what's going to happen when Brexit 
Brexit happens. Not one of them knew that yesterday afternoon Theresa May was going to come out of Downing Street waving what some people think is a white flag, other people think is a bit of paper, saying, oh, we've got a deal, actually. They don't Not know. one of them They've knew. never known, Mike. Not never one known. of them knew a sausage about They've it. They've spent so... two years talking mm. utter rubbish. Exactly right. Boring us all senseless. Mm. Just get on with it now. Exactly, just get on with it. What I find also very amusing, it's making me very happy, is the oh, fact stop that being so the Brexiteers, there's nothing wrong with being happy. It's oh, Wednesday, the sun is shining. I don't know why you're but not you're happy. you're normally grumpy. I'm well, not used to this. maybe we'll have a little reversal of role scenario. Right, What's wrong okay. with that? You see, you call me grumpy all the time, Sleeze but in fact, up. I'm not actually ever grumpy. I mean, I have been grumpy You do a times. very good act, then. I do an incredibly yeah, good act. Very, I'm very, very, good very, very good act. Don't you believe it? <laughs> now, here's the thing. Uh, all these other uh, Brexiteers, right, who've spent most of the last two years moaning, moaning. on about Ramona, saying, why don't you just accept the deal? Why don't you just accept that the British public have voted to leave the European Union? And why don't you just accept the terms under which that's what's going to happen? And of course, now they're doing exactly what they've been criticising everybody else by doing, uh, by saying, oh, we don't like the deal. We don't think it's any good. We think we should rather blow up Downing Street, blow up the Prime Minister and blow up the government yeah. and try in order to get what yeah. we want. I mean, that idiot Bojo even gave a press conference really saying, I don't like it. I don't like this. And it's like, well, you don't actually know what it says yet, mate. And yeah. you not like it. Exactly. He claims that we are going to be a vassal state. Well, I'm sorry, Boris, but Boris only cares about one thing, and that is Boris, Boris. Johnson. Boris. And I mean, the idea that we all unite behind a guy who is such a narcissist uh, that he deliberately dresses down to make us think that he's not a, a toff. He ruffles his hair he before ruffles he goes his own into hair. meeting. Exactly. This he is a guy who is done. not what he appears to be, ladies and gentlemen. Do not rally behind him, I can tell you that. And you did sneak the word vassal in there, didn't he? He did, vassal. yeah. As yeah. I did, in fact. Yeah. I thought vassal used to play for Watford, but that's another story. <laughs> Let's talk to Paul Scully, Tory Vice Chair for London, MP for Sutton and Cheam. Paul, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Morning to you, Mike. Hello, Paul. Now, uh, hopefully Hi, you can make some sense out of this for us, because, to be honest, the one thing that I find amusing out of all of this is that nobody saw this coming. Nobody knew. Uh, nobody telegraphed it. Nobody started leaking it. Suddenly, we just had a deal. And here we are now having to deal with a deal. Deal with a deal, which is an important thing to do. Yeah, uh, the, the um, I think we knew that the end game was coming up. Uh, that it was, but with you know, I was just speaking to Dominic Raab, Brexit Secretary, just mm. yesterday, and we thought it might be in a few days, but uh, to to come back quickly suggests a bit of optimism. Suggests that they've actually hopefully seen a bit of sense and and uh, you know talking about the backstops to the backstop and all that sort of thing, cut through it all and get something that we can all live, sure. live with. Now you're probably more on the Brexit side than you are on the Remain side, aren't you? But I mean, I the, am, bottom, yeah, the bottom line is, is surely those Brexiteers who are now moaning they don't like the deal should shut up and put up and get on with it, shouldn't they? Well, people that are moaning about the deal that they don't like, they need to read it first because it's that's, not even been published. That's the point, Paul. They so, don't know what's in it yet, do they? No, 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 oh. absolutely. So it's, it's, it's uh, you know, what I, I, I'm not sure why people need to, you know, people just need to calm down, keep their heads, actually read the detail. As MPs, it's now come from this sort of uh, rumour mill type thing that's going on across the channel to us. When we get something in black and white, people are going to be looking for us to actually read it, get the detail, put it across to them exactly what it means to people that voted however they voted in the referendum and um, deal with it in the best interest of the country. So now, t- Theresa's done the right thing by calling them all in individually and letting them read it in the office and talking them down from whatever panic stations they were on. Is that the right thing she's done there? Well, I think, yeah, because it, you know, it's going to be compli- complicated because there are literally things uh, that they were stuck on in the negotiations that is sort of almost semantics. Because things like this backstop... They, uh, the customs union, what have you, they were saying, well, we, we all want to know when we're going to get out of that and get into a new free trade deal. Uh, but you can't put a date on it because of uh, extra complications. So you have to effectively work out how we're going to end it without putting a date in 
to when we're going to end it, which is seeming, a seemingly impossible task. And I've no idea yet how they've managed to achieve that. So, But isn't that what negotiation is all about, Paul? I mean, isn't it more yeah, sensible? It is. Isn't it more sensible to put something down on paper and say, look, this is where we're heading. Uh, this is the first stage of where we're getting to. The idea that we suddenly bring a sort of drawbridge up and say, right, that's it. No more conversations about this with the European Union. And if it hasn't been done by then, then we're pulling the drawbridge up no matter who's going to fall in the moat. It's kind of mad, isn't it? Well, I think, but that's that's the uh, shortfall of Article 50. Uh, you know, the, you know, Article 50, the 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 thing that was um, written into the uh, uh, Lisbon Treaty to uh, allow people to leave for the first time ever, they had a mechanism to leave. It wasn't actually really designed. Yeah. I don't remember that us having a referendum. Leave. I don't remember us having a referendum on that. Do you? No, and we should have done. So, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. if, frankly, if we had, then we wouldn't have been in the situation at, at the time. You know, mm. now. Right. Now, what about what Theresa May is up to? Because as Dawn quite rightly points out, she's having all of the different cabinet ministers in one at a time. Some who are slightly more suspicious, perhaps, than we are, would suggest that um, she's telling them all one thing uh, and telling somebody else something different. Well, she's, it's, as I say, it's going to be down on a bit of paper. So I would expect it to be explanation rather than that. Because No, no, no. What I, well, what I mean by that, Paul, is that she's obviously oh. going to be having a conversation with him about what it means, either if for them individually, particularly people who might be thinking about voting against it. Presumably she's going to have to offer them some reason why they shouldn't. Oh, well, I think the reason they shouldn't is because uh, we're in a, a tricky situation if they don't. Uh, I'm not talking about their personal careers. I mean, for the country, because uh, if we get tied up for the next few months, in some sort of a, you know, parliamentary arithmetic, when people just want Brexit to be done, uh, you know, pe- people will rightly be looking at us thinking, "Crikey, guys, what are you doing?" Well, that's you know, exactly elect- what's been going on, though. Make decisions, but that's exactly what's been going on, and that's no, why, but, why would it suddenly it, stop now? It has, Mike. But what I think it is is that, as I say, you know, people have been arguing about something that they haven't actually seen because it's been going on in behind closed doors mm. in Brussels in the negotiations. Now, for the first time we are going to actually have the document that we can see. So it will be our responsibility, it will be my responsibility, how I vote on behalf of my constituents, on behalf of the country, and people can then point the finger at me, not just Brussels or not the establishment or anything like that. It, this is when I stand, have to stand up and be accountable, and each MP has to do the same thing. Right, Paul, so she's got the Cabinet showdown this afternoon, I think around about 2 o'clock, mm. isn't it? Do you think she will get the backing of the Cabinet? I suspect so. I mean, again, I haven't read it, so I don't know, you know, if there's any controversial bits in there, but I suspect so. You know, there's nothing overnight that's been, that's been uh, suggesting or, or leaking that uh, that there's um, any huge amounts of consternation that there's a bomb going to go off somewhere. But, uh, you know, it's, I would hope, therefore, that um, people could have a reason to look at it and uh, we, we can then move on to the next stage. When, when are they going to let the likes of you, Riffraff, Paul, uh, look at it? I mean, after all, you're only the Tory vice chair for London. When are you going to get a chance to see it? <laughs> Hey, hey. Frankly, I haven't got a clue. How far honest. down the uh, food chain are you? Oh, wait, 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 wait down the food chain, I'm afraid. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a so, shocking uh, state of affairs. Now, what about um, the DUP? It seems to me that Theresa May has worked out that they don't matter very much because they're not very happy and, and they are very unlikely to vote for this. But presumably she knows that and she's basically sticking two fingers up to them. Well, I think, you know, like, I think just reading what Arlene Foster put out um, uh, overnight, she was saying well, it could be this. Again, it's sort of coulds and shoulds rather than this is what's going to happen and that's what's going to happen. So I, I don't know how much uh, conversation, how many conversations they've had in, in detail of what's actually been agreed rather than what might be agreed in, in, in advance. So, uh, but, I, you know, I think she's got an incredibly difficult uh task ahead of her and she's done she's done incredibly well to to get to this point frankly when uh it's a seemingly impossible task to keep everybody happy mm. including the dup when northern ireland border we've got some we managed to get stuck on something we thought was going to be fine 18 months ago but we really 
it's it, it, you know it really has escalated quite quickly. Yeah, and I don't remember anyone mentioning it. No, I don't. Voted originally. I it's don't. like well, better than the Northern Ireland baller. No one actually said that. Yeah. No, I didn't actually think about that at all. No, call me stupid. Yeah. But I know I'm beginning to wonder whether that was deliberate that they was deliberately yeah, didn't no, bring it up been, because yeah. they couldn't have I mean, been, surely be they couldn't have been so stupid as not to have thought about it. It was no, it was talked about during the referendum. It wasn't, it wasn't big, mainly because actually, you know what? The the thing is with the referendum, I think there were three pillars that people voted on: sovereignty. That's why, I, that's why I voted to leave. I wanted to leave the political institutions. Right. Uh, and then, so you've got sovereignty, immigration, immigration. and trade. So, so, sovereignty and immigration you can deal with uh, as one when we leave anyway. But trade takes two people. You need someone to buy, someone to sell, mm. and so uh, so that's the thing we need to be negotiating. Which is why all of this is all about trade deals and so um and it's all linked to that whereas actually the thing the, the reasons that most people voted to leave uh was based on that other side you know was was based yes. on the things that we are going to sort out anyway. well except you say that paul but i mean it looks as though now that we the way the deal has been done or at least the way that we understand the deal has been done um immigration and sovereignty is, is actually a two-party process as well because the eu will tell us when we can have sovereignty uh, and they will also tell us when uh, we can let european union residents uh, into europe whether we can let uh, british residents stay in, in the eu and live there you know it seems like it's a two-party process it's not just us that's deciding that well, I think you know. I mean, you, you know, if you're meet, if you're leaving, um, freedom of movement ends. I think that's that's the key thing. Freedom of movement ends. That's what that was what people were looking at, which le- allows us to. Uh, so what we've got to work out, we've got to finish off the this idea about the EU citizens already living here and the British citizens already looking at looking, uh, you know, living in the in the EU. That's the thing that really needs to be nailed and settled. And I hope that's going to be fully covered in this in this agreement. And what happens if she doesn't get the backing of the cabinet this afternoon? Will she have to? Resign? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, well, it's going to be a tricky situation and that's really speculation. But I mean, like, to be fair, just changing leaders isn't really going to change much of a situation. No, because who do you swap her for? That's a yes then, is it, Paul? (laughs) Well, no, I'm just saying, because if you you think, if you think it through, you've still got the same parliamentary arithmetic. You can't just sort of reopen a whole negotiation. What I'd never understand with people that are, with MPs that have been speculating from either side of the, um, of the agenda, whether it's you know the, the remainers that want to have their Bobby Ewing moment and pretend it never happened, or the the sort of the leavers want to leave without a deal, just to say you know what the PM wake up one morning and say oh crikey you know I was wrong all you were right all along I was wrong just rip up what she's got in front of her it's just not going to happen it can't happen so, can well, it I mean it was going to be madness. But then no, again, I, I, I mean, pe- people have been removed from office as prime minister for less than uh, than messing up the deal that they were handed to, to, to true, do a good deal to, with. We, well, two, I mean, two things. We've got, uh, you know, the, the, the complications of our um, of our leadership mean, um, uh, system means that uh, people put letters in. They have to have a no confidence. There's no way half of the party are going to no confidence to Theresa May, and that means she'll be in for the next year. And if she, you know, if she did go, uh, you know, within uh, the next day or two, something like that, you have to have a competition. You have, that that means that we, as a Conservative Party, will be navel gazing. We'll be talking amongst ourselves about our leader. Uh, over the next month or two, at a crucial point when people in this country just want us to get on and get the best deal possible for us. And is the best deal possible what we currently have, do you think? Because there are those who say, a few months ago, um, Theresa May was saying no deal is better than a bad deal. Right Now she's yeah. saying a bad deal is better than no deal. So which is it? Well, look, I think that, you know, if you start from the premise, as I say, I haven't read it, so I have no idea, but if you start from the premise of the white paper that we came out over the summer, it w- I was saying at the time, it's not what I would have wanted. I'm, I'm the sort of guy that, you know, I'm a Canada plus 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 kind of guy, but I'm a pragmatist. Um, and so I could deal with what's in there. 
Um, and I'm hoping that this um, paper, the fact that they've managed to get it through relatively quickly after, as you say, it ramped up over the last few days, means that we've got to a point when things haven't been too diluted. We've got some sensible compromises from both sides that actually means that we are leaving the institutions, we're stopping paying money into the system, we can still do our trade deals, albeit maybe curtailed and, and, and taking a little bit longer to get to those points, we end freedom of movement. So we're ticking all those boxes that, that people did vote to leave back two years ago. Mm. And, and where do Labour and Jeremy Corbyn stand in all of this? <laughs> what what well, game are they playing? Well, this is the problem because they've got this. They've got the six tests, which are impossible because uh, one of the tests is that we enjoy the exact same benefits as a membership of the EU. Well, that's like sort of being a member of a golf course and then uh, leaving it and wanting to still play on a golf course. You can't do it. Mm. You might be able to pay green fees and stuff like that, pay on there, but. Uh, um, crikey, how bourgeois middle class of me. Sorry about that. Golf yeah, well, you do, right. live in, you do live in stockbroker belt Surrey, Paul, don't you? How about the point about uh, uh, the point about the seventh one that nobody ever mentions, which is, you know, Jeremy Corbyn would like the letter N stricken from the English language. I mean, they would give you as many tests as possible to make sure that you yeah. didn't pass them, wouldn't they? Well, look, yeah, because what I was going to say, actually, is, well, all they want is general election. This is political for them. Yeah. So, they, they, you know, they, they, they um, even if it was something absolutely ideal for them, they would say, no, we want to cause a general election. We want to cause a general election. That's that's all they're interested in, yeah. which again isn't, in my view, in the best interest of the country. So, um, uh, and uh, you know, similarly, the Lib Dems just want us to have the uh, another referendum, um, and they want to keep you know keep refighting two years ago, basically. Mm. So, really, you've got uh, the only game in town is Prime Minister's offer and what us, us working for the best interest of the country. I think pragmatism is the way forward, for sure. Let me yeah, ask you this definitely. one final question, because it's a tweet from a listener who's called 61. If the Brexit deal includes control of money, laws, and the ability to do our own trade deals, then it's Brexit. If not, it's not. Is that right? Yeah, fair enough. That's, that's pretty well it, yeah. Mm. OK, good. No, well, Paul, listen... We'll have, we'll have pools. There may be pool sovereignty, but we choose to do it, like we do with NATO and those kind of things. But, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. OK, Paul Scully, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Tory Paul. Vice Chair for London, MP for Sutton and Cheam, talking about golf courses, talking about Canada, talking about the EU deal. This is the deal we've got. He thinks we should stick with it. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. It's just after 10.30 in the morning. We've got Prime Minister's questions at midday. There's a Cabinet meeting at 2 o'clock. Uh, Theresa May uh, is having to try and convince everybody uh, that this is a great deal for them. She's having all of the Cabinet ministers in one by one, filing in uh, one, after, one after the other. Uh, I can't help but think, but that's only because I've worked in the media for such a long media. time. Media, uh, media, uh, that There's all sorts of jiggery-pokery and, and, and skullduggery. She's doing a few deals. Yeah, she absolutely. Our Tessa's going, yeah. right, mate. Well, how many times have you been through this, right? where there's a whole kind of, you know, cost-cutting exercise going on and they go, right, uh, you you come in over here, we'll tell you this, and then you come in over there, we'll tell you that. You know what I mean? And that ha- kind of thing happens in newspapers. Happen? happens all the time. No. I've been on the receiving end of it and on the giving out end of it. And the point is, is that, you know, 
you have to if you're running that yeah. you have to tell people different things otherwise it of doesn't work of course you do otherwise you know it's, it's diplomacy yeah of course it is never but my so strong people, point so all the people who are being told basically you know we want you to go along with this and vote for it yeah. uh, if they don't like it this is now their chance to get something in return yeah. so Penny Morden will be going in yeah. saying well what would you like Penny now Penny might say any number of things yeah. um, but she will get something out of this she in will. the same way so will Arlene Foster so Andrew will DUP Andrew Ledson they all will so that's where we are yeah. uh, we want to hear from you though as well 0344 Let's talk to Ross Campbell. Uh, he's going to have a very busy day. He is, of course, Talk Radio's political editor. Ross, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Hi, so, Ross. very exciting times these, aren't they? Because, I mean, particularly for, for, for those of us who are not quite as enthusiastic as Dawn is about <laughs> Brexit. But, Ross. you know, it's going to be a fascinating day uh, because of all the different uh, shenanigans going on. What are you hearing down in Westminster this morning? We're still very much, I think, Mike, in everything or nothing territory. I think either the Prime Minister gets this deal through Cabinet this afternoon with very little public opposition from her Cabinet, that all the Cabinet Ministers then fall in line behind her with perhaps, I'm hearing this morning, the exception of Penny Mordaunt, who really is the only Cabinet Minister so far who even uh, privately it is being speculated that she could walk today. I think there was some concern overnight about Dominic Raab. That seems to have, according to my sources slightly rode back in the last few hours uh, it's still very much a game of seeing what happens with who resigns mm. if they do and when if they do then of course that is a potential disaster for Theresa May but on the other hand if everybody falls in line all it really does is transfer the pressure to a few weeks time or perhaps a couple of months time when we have the vote in the House of Commons potentially in December. I was saying earlier that it seems to me that, that Theresa May has taken a punt here she's basically taken a view um, that the Remainers are better to appease the, than the Brexiteers, it seems, and also that the DUP don't matter as much as they think they do. Yeah, there are two elements to this gamble for Theresa May. I think the first is that she can say, look, in the national interest, this is the best possible deal we're going to get. A number 10 source briefed me this morning. The phrase that they used was, we really pushed them down to the wire. Mm. We've pushed them to the 11th hour. That will be the first strategy from number 10 will be to say, look, this is good as it gets. It's not going to get any better. Are you really going to upset the apple cart now when Brexit deal is within touching distance, we're being told, when in December, we know that we could potentially uh, get this through the House of Commons. The challenge from number 10 to those ministers will be, are you going to pull the trigger on this? Basically, do you think you are hard enough to do this? The second element that will very much, I think, be coming through today uh, from Theresa May is that not only is this, she will argue, in the national interest, it will be, as you say, a game of bargaining. It will be a game of trying to keep people and get people on side. And much of that, might will have already happened. It won't be taking place today. It will have taken place behind the scenes in the past few weeks. We don't know what the details will be on that. But by, by goodness, we will when we see in the next month what transpires and who's been brought on side, to what extent and in what way and at what price. Indeed. Thank you very much indeed. Ross Campbell there reporting in from Westminster. He'll be on uh, throughout the day here at Talk Radio, of course. Political editor Samantha says transition is OK as long as we're not stuck in it for good out of the customer union out of the single market no jurisdiction of the ecj keeping our own money making trade deals with who we want including the eu who obviously need the latter too we'll see i'm skeptical uh well i think it's right to be skeptical skeptical's good yeah absolutely but cynical not so good cynical not so good skeptical's fine mm-hmm. and just sticking your heels in and burying your head in the sound and going uh, la la yeah. la la i'm not doing this yeah. not doing this quite a difficult maneuver that as well you we have to do something no digging like, your heels in and sticking your head yoga. in the sound yeah well i can't do that well i'll tell you I'll Don't tell me you're going to teach me how to stick my head in the sand. <laughs> Let's talk to Ralph, who's in Mansfield. Hello, Ralph. Oh, Ralph. Blimey, yeah, Ralph. hi. How are you doing? What do you want to tell us? 
Well, I was just... I mean, your political bloke there has stolen my thunder a bit, but... That's his job. I'm amazed that there's, there's been no sort of definitive advice on, on the sort of parliamentary mechanism. Mm. I mean, the, the Remain side are banking on Parliament seeing its censors and, and getting some sort of a second referendum. Yeah. The Brexiteers are praying that we're going to crash out without a deal and, and nothing will affect that. But it, nobody seems to know for sure. And no. Well, they're going the to be vote, voting on that basis. I mean, I, I presume there's going to be some legal eagle in the chamber when when the, the, the PM presents this to, to to Parliament. Well, you'd like to think that there would be a legal eagle on on the opposition side to actually properly question the well, Prime most Minister of, most of lawyers, uh, instead case, of mentioning they? something that's going on in Venezuela. You know, but I, I know, very much doubt. To speak with one voice. Well, I very much doubt the that they will. But I think Ralph, we can be pretty sure, regardless of how low uh, in our esteem politicians are held in this country that they will have gone through this with a legal fine-tooth comb, that they will have worked it out. And it is remarkably complicated, Ralph, as well. And I think I we have to I think we have that. to understand yeah. that it's not like signing, you know, a, a, a contract of employment. It's not no. like signing a bank a statement. It's not like signing anything in the world that you've ever signed. You know, it's incredibly... I mean, I was looking at the 500-page document uh, and the draft version of that, which was around a few months ago, and the numbers of, of yellow lines in it which were agreed, number of green mm-hmm. lines in yeah. it which were not agreed. You yeah. know, I mean, it's very, very tricky. So I think with the, in order to move forward, as Dawn said earlier, I think we have to move forward and then take it to the next stage. And then, well, you know, well, if you're not happy with I that, mean, then change again. We're, we're, we're keen leavers. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm firmly sat sort of in the middle. I didn't know whether to vote leave or remain. But okay. like many people, let's, let's get on with it. Let's do it. And I'll just be amazed if, if egos take over common sense now. That would be... My sort of well, I, I think, Ralph, they already with. have. I think the problem with a lot of the politicians we've got making this decision on our behalf it is all about their egos. I think Theresa May is actually a bit of an exception to that, I must admit. And I, and I think we live in exceptional times when, when people are allowed to go over and, to, to me, just seems like collaborate with a foreign power and it's never brought into question that this is an act of betrayal. It's never mentioned although as though it's some sort of massive taboo. Mm. It, uh, Seems incredible. Mm. It does seem mm. incredible. I mean, what's your sense, Ralph? Are you happy to go along with it up to a point, or are well, you happy to go along with it all the way? I've seen it. I'll, 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 I'll probably never read it. Well, you're never going to read it, are you? Like you giving me the. Uh, <laughs> we'll give you the best <laughs> the bits of it. You know, but, what if they publish um, it for Christmas so you can buy it as a Christmas present? Mm. I think it's a massive. It'll be a massive relief. I, I never really wanted to, to, to try and go it completely alone because I think that's that would be too sucky to see, and I just think. You know, if we get rid of freedom of movement, if we if we enable to, to we're able to make trade deals to some extent. Yeah. Um, I think there's a big wide world out there and a developing world that we're not going to tap into uh, staying in the EU, which is showing showing a decline in growth every year on year. I almost. think the EU have behaved absolutely appallingly throughout this you know, oh, yeah. negotiation no, process. Finished off by that idiot guy Verstappen yes. or whatever his name is. I know that's not his name, but I'm saying it wrong deliberately. Uh, who claimed yesterday that you know they might need an EU army to stand up against the foes such as China, Russia, and, and America. America. I mean, what, what a complete what? plank that guy is. Ralph, uh, thank you very much thank indeed. You, Ralph. Uh, Ralph, with some very interesting points to make. Uh, Sean says, "Do you remember when I said a likely cab- it's likely cabinet will fall into line? Pressure now goes on to Parliament, and you're correct. It's a massive gamble from May, which, in my opinion, uh, will backfire. Well, we shall see. Paddy's in Suffolk. Hello, Paddy." Yeah, good morning. Good morning. What do you reckon, man? Well, possibly this uh, Northern Irish thing is a distraction. Uh, So a red herring brought in deliberately because we've already got a VAT border there. Uh We've already got a tax border. I can't see that being a problem. 
But well, lots of other people can paddy. Mm. That's the problem. You know, yeah, not, not, it's, it's, you know, it's not quite straightforward as it is to you and me, but to everybody else. But uh, being a, a Briton or someone who's brought up there, I, I've probably got a good handle on how things are yes, there. Yes, I'm so, sure you do. But, but moving on from that, I think the real thing is that perhaps the EU have got something that um, that's quite secret, actually. What do you mean? Well, have you heard of PESCO? No. I've heard of heard Tesco. Of pes- <laughs> yeah, PESCO. Right, no, is that like Tesco? Well, well uh, I, I keep uh, asking people to Google stuff, but... Ironically, don't ask no, me to Google things. Don't, 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 don't do that, no. no, no I never me. use Google ever. Good. Because it's, it's full of ads. Yeah, OK. If you're going to... Do a search. Use something called DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Okay, great. Thanks, Paddy. Uh, Why don't you go now? Uh, Let's talk to John, who's in Spain. Hello, John. Yeah, hi, morning. Yeah, hi. What do you want to say? Just a slight criticism. Yeah. Um, Tongue-in-cheek. I mean, you started off this morning quite rightly saying they're all coming out with this nonsense, uh, Johnson, whatever, um, and nobody even read it yet. Mm. And here we are, half an hour discussing, and uh, we're doing exactly the same. Well, not exactly, no, because I'm not telling people that we are going to become a vassal state, and nor indeed am I saying that yeah. it's a ghastly surrender. Yeah, well, OK, I'm snookered then. Yeah, but, you um, are. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 John, you gave him the opportunity to use a red vassal in there again. Yeah, there we are. That's three times I think yeah. I've well, said vassal. Marv, and I, I don't think... I would have thought being an old chap I'd have thought Vaseline was more in his, his line, really, but there you go. <laughs> well, thanks, John. I don't think we should go down that particular road, but there we are. Uh, you may have to be repatriated out of Spain if you carry on like that. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Come on, we'll get the bus if we leave pretty soon now. I can't go to the club because I've not got much money. So I'll see you when I see you. You won't believe this one, right? Uh, this is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Dawn Neeson is here. Phyllis sent us this. Outrage is more than 60 motorists fine for driving in a bus lane to avoid a car accident during rush hour. Yeah. 
How about that? Exactly. Councillors refusing to refund the penalties because alternative routes were available, they claim, despite drivers claiming surrounding streets were, in fact, gridlocked. This is in Stoke-on-Trent, uh, the centre of a dispute between the council and 60 motorists. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's just a tax, isn't it? I'm sorry. It's mm. just a tax on the motorists because there's easy targets. Now, rather unfairly as well, I'm going to read this out. TMU says, I didn't realise Roy Hodgson was so up on bus lane fines. Great oh, to have him on, though. that was oh, that's a bit, a harsh, bit unfair. It? Terrible, terrible thing to yeah. say. Let's talk to Andy, who's in Bristol. Hello, Andy. And good morning. Good Hi, morning. Andy. What do you want to talk to us? Oh, you want to talk to us about Brexit? Don't upset Dawn oh, now. Oh, God. Andy, go away. Go no, away now. She doesn't like it, but carry on, Andy. Have, have your say. Quickly. Yeah, well, I did ring earlier, but the basic, the basically, I am a Leave person, but uh, I do feel that the Prime Minister's uh, done the best of a bad job. Yes. Considering, here, here. Considering, considering the, the people she's got around her who are supposed to support her. And... Um, this talk about another uh, referendum is a, a total waste of time because it's going to be another 50-50 vote, isn't it? Either one way or well, the Well, exactly. Other. Yeah, it will be. It's yeah. just not worth yeah. it. It's a waste of time, yeah. a waste of money, and there's, let's just move on, right? Well, yes, and, but the thing I do feel, and quite strongly about, and uh, you're not going to like this, right. but I do feel that if she doesn't get the support uh, over what is logistically an enormous problem... It shows that people really do not understand the logistics of running a country with the movement of goods in and out of the country. Uh, but anyway, besides that, I do feel that if uh, she doesn't get the support and uh, she's in a cleft, then I would just call a general election. Really? Oh, my Lord! Yeah, but then you're just opening the door for the Labour Party, aren't you? I'm opening the door for democracy because I do feel that uh, they should support her and get this this thing through Parliament, whether it's excellent or not, yeah. I don't know, and nobody knows. But I think we've all had enough with it. But I've had enough with politicians. Yeah. Here, here. And, I, and I think that an election would sort a lot of them out. But would it, though? No, because, because the we'd just is, get more politicians. All we'd get then, Andy, is wall-to-wall coverage of an election. Yeah. And all you'd get is the politicians still not doing their jobs. And don't forget, we elected these people to run the country, OK? So far, they're failing to run the country because they're so bogged down in one single subject that they can't seem to agree on. If we give them the opportunity to have an election, which is basically their cup final, yep. they love it. Oh, yeah. You know, all they do is go from pillar to post telling you how great they are and then breaking a load of promises later on. So I'm not sure Meanwhile, that an election is the answer. what's happening to the country? Well, exactly, Meanwhile, yeah. I, there's a flaw there, Andy, isn't there? Uh, I disagree. I, I do uh, I do feel that uh, it, it's one of those issues. And, and because of no support, you cannot run a government on no support. No, I get and, that. I, and, and there are too many... Uh, there are too many uh, uh, people uh, within this government who uh, who feel that they can do a better job. Yeah, but don't of forget... Course, none, of the, but none of them want to take the mantle up. No. Because it's a poison challenge. It really is. That's yeah, also, Andy, though, the, when, you, when you say no support, we heard earlier from, from our, our Paul Scully MP that she's got plenty of support in the parliamentary party. She just doesn't have it in the cabinet, perhaps. Andy, thanks for your call. Thanks, Let's talk Andy. to Mike in York. Hello, Mike. Hiya. Hi, Mike. What do you want to say? Well... Oh, what what I'm going to say is uh, my feelings on what I've heard so so far through RTE, mm. and there seems to be quite a few, and if it's true, my question to any of those people who have, uh, 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 are in a position of of decision making is: if we have another election, general election, and UKIP become, if you like. Uh, a major player. What, like the SNP did? 
Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That didn't go well, did it? <laughs> Couldn't even get themselves independence. Are there any UKIP left? Well, there aren't any UKIP no. voters left. Are You're there? joking. Are you, you, listen, <laughs> well, you, you, had, you just had an election in uh, London for yeah. uh, a UKIP, didn't you not? Hey, Did we? When was that? Did. did I miss that? I might have been asleep. Well, we got a UKIP, well, we got a UKIP MP now. No, no. He, he went ah. for it. But he, he failed. Oh right! Ah right! So no one voted. No so, one voted so, for him. So then. as you were then. <laughs> well, you may laugh, oh. right? But in the north, in the north. All oh, right, you got the MPs in well. the north from UKIP. We're we're very strong. Yeah, but you haven't got the MPs, Mike. Uh, Mike, give give us a chance to speak. Go please. on, hurry up. Right. We have a general election. UKIP yep. do very well and become a, a decision-making unit, just like the DUP. Uh-huh. Mm. Right. My question would be to any of those people who's going to make this decision this next fortnight is if we are in that position and we want to come out of it uh-huh. as a sovereign democratic nation, can we come out of that decision that they're making now? In what sense? Just like Donald Trump, bad deal. No longer doing it. Well, no, because it doesn't work like that. It doesn't even work like that for Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump makes out that he could uh, sign an executive order and change the world. That, that's not the way it works. He has to get it through Congress. Same for us. If we have a deal with Brexit, we keep to the deal. You don't just suddenly change it in Parliament because Parliament doesn't like it anymore. That's exactly what people are complaining about uh, who say they want a, a second referendum. So you can't keep going so flip-flopping backwards and forwards because you don't like the outcome. So we're condemned to serfdom for the rest of our lives. Well, that's you can put it that way, but I don't think life is that bad in Yorkshire, to be honest. Move south. The smell is down in London, I think. Well, I mean, you tell me what the smell is like. Very harsh, that Mike. But thanks for your call, as ever. Thanks, Mike. Uh, hypothetical situations are not worth conversation. My head's just about. exploded now. Yeah, Sorry. You know. Also, UKIP. The problem with UKIP is that yes, they got four million votes in an election. Yeah. However, they didn't get representation no. because they tend to win and come second yeah. in places. They don't win places; they no. come second in places, like the Lib Dems always mm-hmm. do. So they get lots of votes, but they don't get any seats. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's just the parliamentary yeah. system. I, I don't think they. Really if they really the wanted to, to, to succeed, they could campaign uh, for a different system of voting, but nobody wants that either. This is the Independent Republican Mike Graham. You know what to do. 0344 uh, this song always reminds me of a uh, holiday I took once in Turkey, uh, and we had the, the, the resort I, that I was at had this wonderful sort of outdoor disco at right. night because it was very hot, as you can imagine. There were loads of Russians staying there, right? Yeah. And all the Russians were gangsters, basically, because yeah. anyone's ah, got any money. Right. I was wondering what the point and, was. Uh, and all their wives were standing up, punching the air, singing this song when it came on. You know, lived in a gangster's paradise, and yeah. the women were incredible looking. Oh yeah. They were all sort of you know toned. Tanned, yeah. waxed to within an inch yeah, of their but lives. How much of their bodies were real, right? Well, it didn't matter to me. Been... Didn't Mike, matter. But they were, they were where they were dripping in diamonds. You know, the guys yeah. were all huge, real yeah. fat guys. You know, the gangsters. Yeah. And uh, this was their this was their theme tune. Yeah. Well, 
it's a good theme tune if you're a gangster's mole, isn't it? It is, indeed. Now, how about this from uh, New Campy? Uh, there's a renowned bus lane in Glasgow that I got fined for. You either go right into a car park or straight ahead onto the bus lane. The problem is the car park shuts at night, so your only, only option to avoid the bus lane is to do a U-turn on a one-way street. Which you aren't allowed to do Which, either. of course, you Uh-oh. can't do. So that is absolutely unbelievable. Now, uh, the gangster part of this section of the show uh, has to do with a new cookbook, the Big Rap Cookbook. There is a point to everything um, Mike says, people, there by is. the way. I know sometimes, sometimes I wonder, but there sometimes is. Sometimes you have to pay attention and stick with it and wait until the end of the sentence. But, you know, sure. I know that's hard for you. No, I can't. You know, I've I know got the attention span of a short attention today. span. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this uh, book comes out next month, uh, 9th of December, around about there. We're going to talk to uh, the editor and the producer of the book, Samuel Fatty Hemingway. Samuel, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning to you. How are Hi, you doing? Samuel. Yeah, very well indeed. Thank you so much for joining us from quite an exotic well, location, as far as uh, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Where are you? I'm actually in uh, Goa in India at the moment. Tremendous. Right. And uh, I can understand what you said about the the Russians there. Uh, <laughs> quite a few over here as well. Yeah, they love they love the old gangster rap, don't they? But what what inspired you to do a cookbook based on it? Because it's not like something you would think of doing, is it? Well, yeah, it was, um, it was an idea that me and my friend had, my good friend Scott, who um, is the co-creator of the project with me, a.k.a. Booze of French. And um, we thought of the idea basically by listening to uh, a lot of hip-hop music and hearing food-related uh, lyrics okay. from uh, rappers. Right. And uh, that kind of inspired us to move on with the project. Because it's um, not, you know, it's not yeah, something me, I've listened... I mean, I don't listen to a lot of rap. I mean, you probably tell me Coolio is, is not very Coolio, in fact, in the rap world, because it's, uh, it's a bit mainstream. But, but I mean, apparently there's a lot of talk about, about food in rap songs. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of lyrics uh, mentioned. Uh, some of the pioneers have been um, talking about food um, since, you know, the late 80s. So uh, it's always gone like that. If you think about back in the late 80s, there was Eric B and Rakim talking about stereo a taper a nice big plate of fish which is my favorite dish but without the money it's still a wish <laughs> right i see i've always assumed that the, the the specifics of any rap song were a euphemism for something else no they really are about <laughs> but they really are about fish <laughs> there you go yeah 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 no it's seriously well. it can go like that as well but Right. You read into it what you will. So, okay. so how do you put it together? Do you go around all these famous rap artists and ask them what their favourite recipe is and then put it in the book? Is that how you've done it? Yeah, more or less, yeah. My friend Scott, who I run the project with, uh, he's got quite a few connections to the industry and uh, a lot of people are into food as well. Um, and we've had good responses from everyone that we've contacted and uh, they've given us a recipe to put in the book. Lots of different stuff from things like Thai papaya salads to brown stew chicken, Jamaican food. Uh, lots of vegan dishes in there as well, as well as like juices and um, shakes as well. So a good variety, hopefully. It sounds quite. It sounds quite healthy. It does. I don't associate hip hop with being that healthy, but obviously I'm wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know, if you buy the book, then you can uh, check it out and pick up some recipes. Yeah, there's a nice one here I'm looking at. Some tam. From Thailand, yeah. I spent a few weeks in northwest Thailand, getting driven around by a girl on a tiny pink moped. Is that you? <laughs> that is Jan Baxter. Yeah, well, that's not me. No, that's Jan Baxter. He's one of the main features in the book. Yeah, and uh, it's a spicy papaya salad. Oh, that's uh, the one you mentioned. Yeah, it's good. That. I like that. In Thailand. Oh, cool. So, yeah, how, yeah. how many of these recipes have you actually cooked yourself then? Uh, we cooked about ten or so, I think, of the recipes. Didn't have time to cook all of them, but uh, we're going to work our way through them. And uh, uh, yeah, the proof's in the pudding. Right, okay. as it were. H- is... How many recipes are there all together? Uh, Twenty features all together, wow. uh, featuring artists from the UK and from the US as well. 
Uh, we've got some names in there, like the boys from Corrupt FM, who've right. just got a new series on BBC as well. That's People Just Do Nothing. Uh, we've got some rappers like Master Race uh, from America. Uh, guys from the UK, uh, high-focused artists like Jan Baxley just mentioned, Dirty mm-hmm. Dyke as well. Uh, he's got a nice little curry in there for you. And, uh, yeah, a lot of guys like who've been always supporting the hip-hop and food thing, like Juggernaut and the Doppelgangers, they supported us since day one, so shout-outs to those guys. OK. And who gave you Fatty as a nickname? Because that's a bit cruel. You don't look fat in the pictures. Cry, actually. Well, I had a little bit of pu- puppy fat when I was young. I'm not fat anymore. <laughs> there you go. No, you're not. I'm getting look fatter over here on a diet of tandoori chicken. I bet day. you are, yeah. No, it's good. Going food is amazing. A lot of fish there as well. Now, I don't know whether you've seen it, but Snoop Dogg, uh, over in the US, does a fantastic cooking show uh, with Martha Stewart, who is a woman who's the least likely kind of partner you'd expect him to have. She's very sort of uptight, you know, white woman from Connecticut who, uh, like uh, who, uh, who went to jail for insider trading and therefore has got a bit of a dark side. But it's a fantastic cooking show. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah, I have to check it out. It sounds like a good juxtaposition there between Snoop it and is. Martha Stewart. Yeah, it is. I can imagine the the chemistry. I think uh, they actually once yeah, made as also oh, he made he made for her brownies, you know, with the old uh, the cannabis brownies that uh, people oh, like dear. to eat, oh, wow. and gave them to her to eat. It's I mean, it's, on, it's all on YouTube. I don't think it's actually on a regular TV channel, but it's very funny. Talk, talking of dodgy ingredients, yeah. there, Samuel, did you go to anyone and say like, give us a recipe, and they gave you such a an interesting recipe, you thought, nah, we can't include that one. <laughs> well, when we first started out, we had a similar recipe, actually, um, from a guy called Stigger the Dump, oh, yeah. uh, who made us a little brownies recipe with a yeah, a little special ingredient mm-hmm. in yeah. there. Um, I didn't cook that one up. No, that's not in the book then, that one, is it? <laughs> no, very good. Thank yeah. you. Oh. Now, the book's out... The second... We might save it for the second edition. So, <laughs> so um, the book's out on the 9th of December. Is it going to be generally available? Where do people get it? Yeah, so it's uh, available to pre-order now on uh, exclusively on our website, which is www.bigrapcookbook.com. Um, and the pre-order is selling quite fast. So if you're interested in hip-hop or food or a bit of both, or you know someone that is, then it's a good little stocking filler. It's a good Christmas filler. present. How, how, how much season. is it? It's £13. That's not bad, is it? Right. Twenty recipes. And yeah. you know, because for those of us who are not as familiar with rap, perhaps as we should be, do you have like recommendations of music to play while you're cooking it? <laughs> yeah, well, any of the any of the. Uh, or I guess just yeah, you got in the book as well. Yeah, okay. I guess you a just. A lot pick... of them have got great backgrounds in food, so uh, yeah. they've all got good lyrics as well. Tremendous. I well, recommend well, well, listen, it's a great idea. We love it, and uh, so good yeah. luck with it. And uh, thanks for coming on. Enjoy the rest of the, your time in Goa. Yeah, I'll go off for a little uh, two-for-one pina colada now, I think. Oh, oh well, is alcohol see, included, by the way? That. Not that I'm shocking. obsessed this week. <laughs> now Do, I want to go to Goa. Do alcoholic drinks in there, in the recipe book? <laughs> Don't think so. Uh, yeah, we've got a couple of drinks. There's a green, uh, green juice, healthy juice, and also a... No, 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 we're not talking healthy well. juices no, here. Come on, come on. healthy juices uh, after. Yeah, a few cocktails. That's what you're talking. We've cocktails this time. Well, there might be for the second. Maybe you could do a cocktail idea, book as well. That'd be great. I'd love it, good. Samuel, thanks very much Cheers, indeed. Samuel. Samuel Fatty Hemingway is not fat anymore. That's when you need to be called Fatty. When you have a nickname, it's Fatty, but you're not fat. But the, yeah. That's what you need. I wanted it? to ask him what, what your hip hop name would be because you've got to have a hip hop name. Well, why don't you make one up for me? I can't say it live on have air. Not... I've already got one, but I can't say live on air. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's just what you call me. That's not the name. <laughs> It's uh, going to be my new hip, hip hop name for more, you. Lots more hip hop coming up uh, later on. Uh, this is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app.
If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.